Greetings, everyone, and welcome to podcast number 25 of Patrick Comptas Photography. I am your host, Patrick. I hope this podcast finds you all doing well and enjoying your photographic endeavors. Today's topic was sent to me by Jonathan uh, via an email, and I really was a little bit confused about the topic at first, but when I clarified it with him, I, I got a better sense of what he was asking uh, me to discuss. So today's topic, without any further ado, is about composition, which is a big topic, and that can be a very long podcast in and of itself. But once I narrowed down uh, what he was looking for, I, I just kind of thought about it a little bit and narrowed it down into uh, a few suggestions that I have with regards to how I go about approaching composition when I'm looking through my my viewfinder. Um, and, and composition is a topic that no matter what genre you're in is important. Now, if you've ever read anything online or taken any online courses or read photography books, they all talk about the rule of thirds where they divide the frame up and where to place the subject, you know, for the most pleasing composition and things like that. And, and that's important because uh, I think many of our photographic shots are are based on the rule of thirds um, but it, it's just a rule and sometimes rules are are made to be broken and some of the best or most interesting pictures that you see are not necessarily following the rule of thirds now there are other things in composition uh, leading lines and and things like that that all will incorporate a stronger photograph uh, and I'm not going to get into depth with that. I just wanted to give uh, the answer to the email about how I approach composition with just maybe four or five things that I look for. Now, my main genres of photography uh, are wildlife, aviation, and, and landscape. Those are the three that I really love to do. And composition comes into play uh, with all of them. You know, with wildlife... You can use a wide-angle lens and incorporate a lot of the environment where that critter lives and give an overall sense of what they need or how they survive in that particular environment and how they thrive. You can also zoom in and, you know, when I'm doing that and the, the animal is static or standing still, I basically will try to get the cleanest background possible on that so that there's not a lot of distractions and things and, and I'll get into that a little bit because that's actually one of the uh, tips that I go through in my thought process when I talk about composition. Now with aviation um, it's similar you have statics where the planes are parked on the ground uh, and uh, you can use a wide-angle lens again you can get down low to encompass more of the sky um, when the planes are in the air and moving it gets a little bit trickier because you can just fire off the shutter and take pictures of aircraft as they're zooming by, jets or prop. But if it's against a blue sky that's what I call bald skies, it's not the most interesting visual arrangement that you can have. Certainly not inappropriate, but I think that there are better ways to capture that. I like to have I like to have clouds in my aviation photography. I think that's something that indicates 
Um, it, it provides an interesting background and also indicates a sense of movement depending on the shutter speed that you use uh, while you're panning. Um, sometimes the clouds can be a little bit blurred and it gives a sense of motion. And that's kind of how I approach that with composition for aviation is I will, I, I'm personally a left eye shooter. I keep the right eye open so that I can kind of track the subject as well. And I'm looking at the background as those planes are flying by. And once they fly in front of the clouds, you know, I let the shutter rip and, you know, hopefully I get a, an interesting picture on that. That's not something that's just a picture that everybody else would have or has taken of that aircraft. So composition comes into play there. Where composition, I think, is um, most critical for the genres that I shoot is landscape. Um, and landscapes are, they, get, they provide a myriad of compositional, um, compositional, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, opportunities, I guess. Let's take, for example, a waterfall. Let's say you've done your homework, you've gone to this waterfall. You know, when you get to the waterfall, and ultimately, too, before I get to the composition part of it, if you can do a site survey, um, which is not always possible in wildlife, uh, which is not always possible, obviously, with aviation either, uh, at an air show or a fly-in or something like that. You, you get what you get, and you have to make kind of on-the-fly decisions, no pun intended. Um, but with landscape, you know, you could always scout that location if possible uh, and look at where you might want to plop the tripod down. Um, or if you're going to handhold, you know, what, what that view is going to look like. But generally, let's go back to our example of a waterfall. If you have a waterfall, the, these are the five things that I would look for um, with composition. And that is, it can go for any genre really, but we're just going to use a landscape because I think it's the most obvious choice. Uh, the, the first thing you want to do is, is identify your subject. And if you're at a waterfall, you think, okay, the subject's the waterfall. And, and that may be true, but how about the reflection of the waterfall in the pool? How about, you know, zooming in with a, a telephoto lens and just getting components of the waterfall? Um, do you want to shoot wide angle? Do you want to shoot portrait? Do you want to shoot landscaped? Um, you know, so those are the compositional things that go through my mind when I'm looking at uh, a subject, for example, like I said, the waterfall. So, so identifying your subject and what you want to want to do. And then the second thing that I think about is, you know, how am I going to compose this subject? And this is what I, I was mentioning. You know, are you going to shoot in portrait or are you going to shoot in landscape? You obviously, if you shoot in landscape, you're taking in more of the uh, overall environment around that waterfall. Um, whereas portrait, you know, it might just be the waterfall itself as it cascades down. Um, and that's, that's something that you can think about as well, because that's a creative choice uh, and it's up to you. But I, I definitely think that's a component of, of how I go about it. So I identify my subject. I determine how I'm going to compose for the subject. The next thing that I'm going to do is choose my exposure, you know, my shutter speed. What do, do I want to freeze the action? Um, do I want that to be that silky smooth where I'm using a slower shutter speed? Do I want a combination of both? Um, I'm also thinking a little bit when I'm choosing the exposure at what I'm going to do in post-processing. 
post-production in the digital darkroom. Am I going to blend these images? Am I going to shoot a pano and stitch them together? Am I going to use focus stacking because I want foreground to background totally sharp? You know, so I'm thinking about that as I'm choosing my exposure as well uh, and, and how I'm going to present this image when I go to put it on the web or, um, you know, in the portfolio or something like that. So identify your subject, compose for your subject, portrait or landscape, make that decision. Choose your exposure based on how you want to um, show that, that photo. And then number four, I try to, and this isn't always possible in, in landscaping, I try to compose the photo to remove as many distractions as possible while I'm framing up the subject. And that, that's just more so I have less work to do you know, in the digital darkroom in, in post-processing. It's not always possible, and sometimes you have to do a little more work than you would you would like to, but just based on the fact that perhaps you can't get as close as you want or there's, you know, leaves in the water or branches down or, or whatever the case may be, you may have to do a little um, of the removal in post-processing. But if you can, do it at the camera. It makes for much quicker... Uh, post-processing and and I think that that'll be great so just to recap um, identify your subject compose for your subject determine if you're going to do portrait or landscape choose your exposure um, remove as many distractions as you can at the time of capture and then finally you know you just take the photo and um, when I say take the photo I guess I should clarify that a little bit. Yes, you got to push the shutter, take the photo, but I don't think that you should just take, you know, many, many pictures of the same composition. You know, you've, you've waited for this moment, hopefully to get to this waterfall or you've hiked or whatever the case may be, make the most of your time, uh, by working the scene. I guess this would be the last tip from composition. And what do I mean by that? You know, for me personally, when I go to something like that, even when I'm doing wildlife and aviation, uh, I, I try to get maybe four or five different images of that that subject from different directions, down low, maybe high, maybe wide, maybe portrait. I zoom in, I zoom out, I get a different angle. Um, so when I go back and I look at these images on my computer, I don't just have 50 or 60 pictures of the same shot on the tripod. You know, I've got different things that I can choose from to hopefully allow me to tell the story a little bit better. Um, I think that's important. So just to summarize this and, and answer, uh, hopefully that answered Jonathan's questions about, you know, my thoughts on composition and, and how I go about it. Um, I like to identify my subject. I compose for the subject in portrait or landscape. Sometimes I'll do both, but I'll definitely decide, you know, when I'm there. I choose the exposure. Uh, I compose to remove as many distractions as possible at the time of capture to make it easier for me to process that image in, in the digital darkroom. And then as I'm taking the photo, I'm working the scene too. I'm trying to get multiple different images of the same subject so that I have a better selection uh, to tell my story. So Jonathan, I hope that helps on um, 
your composition. Uh, it, it's how I go about thinking about each shot when I put my eye to the camera. And uh, that has helped my photography evolve over time uh, by not just having multiple images of the same. Now I have you know different angles and things like that to choose from uh, to better to better uh, display that subject, so to speak. So I hope you found that helpful. I hope someone else finds this helpful as far as um, thinking through composition. Again, it's a very broad topic. I just really scratch the surface on how I approach it. Uh, it's not the right way for sure. It's not the only way for sure. Uh, there's multiple ways to go about this. So I really recommend that you you know experiment with your compositions and things like that to get the best possible outcome because you may get a composition that um, no one else has has been able to get and that's Part of the fun, I think, of photography is coming back with a picture of a subject that may be very, very photographed, and all of a sudden someone can look at that photograph and make a comment on your social media or whatever and say, boy, I've never seen that in that that direction before or that light before um, or that angle, and that's really kind of gratifying. So uh, I hope everyone found that helpful. Uh, please follow me on social media. I am on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. You can find those uh, addresses on my website, patrickcomptasphotography.com backslash blog. That's where I share my thoughts and interact with a lot of you and get these uh, great ideas, so keep them coming. Uh, have a great day, everyone, and I will see you in episode 26. Take care.